Hello and welcome to the Golf Shake Podcast. My name is Kieran Clark, and this week I am joined by well, a very new guest, Golf Shake Ambassador Robert Cross, who isn't actually new to the podcast world, having hosted the Not the Golf Show before, but he is new to Golf Shake. So, Rob, welcome to the Golf Shake Podcast. How are you on this October evening? I'm very good, Kieran, and uh, thank you for having me. Well, it's a delight to have you. And as I said there, you're relatively new to the world of Golf Shake as an ambassador. So quickly tell us, Rob, you know, how long have you been with Golf Shake and how have you enjoyed the experience of being an ambassador so far? It's been really good, actually. So um, it's been, I think, about six months now since I spoke to Darren. Um, discussing earlier, I had uh, an interview at Frilford Heath where uh, myself, uh, <laughs> Matt, um, another Golf Shake ambassador, and Owen, um, played in the uh, Caddies Pro-Am at Frilford Heath. So um, mm-hmm. that was kind of my first official uh, entering into the world of the Golf Shake ambassadorship. Um, and then it's kind of been quite slow, really, from there, just because of sort of time issues. But um, a few weeks ago, I visited Bredsford Priory, which we'll talk about later on. Um, and it's been good, really. I mean, the, the team is yeah. quite... Uh, well established and it's it's really good to be on board it's, it's a great opportunity um, to go and do um, some course reviews product reviews uh, and just really get into the world of golf a little bit more than I was before yeah very much so and, and golf shake is certainly a, a platform for that and as Rob touched on there you know the golf shake team is uh, well they are a varied crew you know they are a mixed lot there's <laughs> there's uh, some interesting characters among that crowd but uh, they're all they're all what they're all united on is that they all love the game of golf and they're all very passionate about it and they enjoy sharing that and uh, celebrating that fact. And, and Rob is certainly the same listeners. And uh, we're going to, on this particular podcast, we're going to touch on, obviously now we're getting towards, well, we're past really the end of the golf season. We're approaching the winter time, almost officially winter time. So the, for many of you, the clubs are away, season's over. But for a lot of us, of course, we do try and carry on over the winter months, try and keep our games in check ahead of the next season. And many of us, of course, play in winter leagues and, and keep our games ticking along in that sense. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And as Rob hinted at there, he recently visited Bredsall Priory, which is a fine venue with two golf courses there. He reviewed that for golf shape. We'll talk a little bit about that particular venue, but also more generally stay and play resorts across the UK that have more than one golf course, which are really good for a, a golf break whether you're with a, a bunch of friends or with family or a partner or whatever else they're a really good way to spend a weekend perhaps or it's a couple of days one night two rounds that sort of thing we'll talk a little bit about that and also touch on some of the golf courses that have been reviewed very strongly on golf shake this past year we've just unveiled our top 50 uk venues for 2018 all taken from golf shake member reviews there's obviously thousands of those submitted every single year and we have a top 50 coming from that some courses that maybe you'd be surprised that they would be in there some unexpected ones some lesser known ones but all golf courses that are are united in being very popular with golf shake members so if you're looking for somewhere to go and play either later this year or even into next season then it's a good good list to to look at and we will delve into that in more detail later on the podcast but as i touched on there rob we're getting towards obviously the end of the kind of the, the regular regular golf season for us normal golfers but also on the tour and the European tour is running towards the end of its particular campaign only three more events after this weekend on the European tour schedule we have the Turkish Airlines Open the Ned Bank Golf Challenge and the DP World Tour Championship and in terms of the race to Dubai money list well 
It's those two guys again. Mollywood, the bromance, the, 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 the great twosome from the... Um, the Ryder Cup, Francesco Molinari and Tommy Fleetwood, they are number one and two on the race to Dubai. Fitting, I would say, but Francesco is 1.4 million points ahead of Tommy, so it looks very likely that the Italian will add the race to Dubai to his Open Championship victory and his perfect record at the Ryder Cup this year. What an incredible season for Francesco and also for Tommy, of course, is continuing to progress through the game and become one of the world's truly elite players and certainly is among the world's most popular. So that's all to look forward to in terms of the regular golf season on the tour but we're going to focus more on ourselves for a change and Rob in particular here as being our guest as a Golf Shake ambassador obviously Rob we're getting towards the end of October winter is almost officially here it's kind of a time of year for reflection where we think of how many courses we played this year how many rounds we had how did we play did our handicap improve this season did our driving regress? Did we improve certain parts of our game? So, Rob, give us a quick kind of flavour overview of how was 2018 for you as a golf season? It's been good. Um, it's It started off fairly slowly. Um, I recently moved back to um, Millbrook Golf Club after a couple of years away and started the season uh, with a win, which was something that I hadn't had for three years, oh. uh, which was good. And then this season has mainly been lots and lots and lots of match play. Um, I haven't really played in too many, um, what you would say is sort of handicap competitions. So, uh, but the handicap has come down, um, but only by 0.4, something like that. Um, but in the right direction, I, I've really enjoyed the season. Um, it's been great being back at, at what I would call my home club, um, culminating last weekend mm-hmm with being Crown County Champions of the Mid-Handicap League, which was amazing, um, which is just very quickly kind of Bedfordshire County, 23 clubs, uh, five singles match plays mm-hmm. per match. Um, and yeah, we had 11 matches and we got through to the final one on Sunday, which was amazing. Um, but yeah, as a kind of playing lots of golf courses, as I said, I've only really recently came on board with uh, with Golf Shake. So um, I wouldn't, I'm wouldn't. i not sure if I've played that many new courses, but I am close to playing my 100th course. And I don't really know where that ranks with other people. Um, I don't okay. know how many golf courses other members, uh, sorry, other golfers have played. Um, but I would think that 100's quite a, quite a few. Um but maybe not for our for our golf shake members. As, uh... No, that's probably true. Uh, I must quickly say though, now you've just listed your resume of achievements this year. I should have mentioned all that at the start of the podcast. I didn't realise we had a champion golfer on the podcast this week. And I thought you were just a golf shake ambassador, but no, we've got we've got a champion golfer. Remarkable stuff. So obviously, congratulations on your success there. And I think you're right there in terms of a 100 golf courses. That is a milestone. I think um, obviously. With a lot of golfers, it varies where some golfers are very much focused on the golf club where they are a member of and they play one course really for the entire year, maybe one or two others and an outing or two. Then you have some other people who obviously their mission seems to be to play as many courses as possible. And uh, we have some ambassadors who are certainly uh, in that category. Uh, but um, obviously for your 100 golf course, you have to make it a special one. So maybe yep. I'll have to get you up to uh, St Andrews to go and play the old course perhaps for that one. Make it your, make it a nice centenary for you there. Yeah, that would be amazing. But um, I was thinking of doing that 
not next year, but the year after, because I'm going to be 40. I look a lot younger. Yeah, you can tell that on radio, um, I am Rob. Be... You can tell that on radio. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can lie as much as you like as well, so it's perfect. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but... The the idea is I'm going to get on the uh, get on the phone to golf breaks and get something set up for for something really special. So and the old course is is number one. It probably won't be the hundredth because I'm hoping to have played a lot more courses for Golf Shake next year. But yeah, a hundred percent that is the course that I want to play. Well, there you go. And uh, I hate to make you envious, but I, I've, I've played it a few times. I, I know, I've heard. I have the chance to play it well as often as I like, being a resident of the. Uh, this, this wonderful old town but actually you mentioned in terms of golf and i've i have played actually a lot of new golf courses this year okay. a lot of uh not necessarily new ones but different ones uh, this year i had the chance to go and play carnisty this year's open venue uh, back in may which was a wonderful experience i played that actually oddly enough over an evening i played, we played nine holes at night and then nine holes the following morning and so a bit odd but it was a wonderful experience to play that there with the grandstands that were up and all the rest of it so you got of course, being the inner child that I am, I sort of imagine being in the open and whatnot. Of course, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't finish <laughs> as well as uh, the guys in the open did. I'm afraid. Although I have to say that famously, the 18th Carnisty was where Jean Van de Velde made a seven to lose the open in 1999. I also made a seven that when I played there, but uh, a little bit less spectacularly than what Jean Van de Velde did back in the day. But um, it was a good experience there. I've also been to play the likes of Monty Fief, a very and a lovely course near. Carnisty and Crail, which is a very historic club yeah. outside St Andrews, and of course I managed to play the old course as well this year. That was a wonderful round I had back in the summer for the Open. So yeah, I haven't played too much golf uh, this year, but when I have played, I've, I've made sure I played some wonderful places. And I've, uh, which is your favourite course? My favourite course is the old course. It's, 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 it's my uh, number one on the, course. on the site of St Andrews. It's by far my favourite. Uh, it's yeah. I think it's um, the, the reason for that is a number of things. One, it's I love what it represents. I love yeah. the, the history that it represents, the, the place in the game that it has, but also the fact that it's wonderfully accessible. And what also the people is, the old course at St Andrews, which is, of course, a public layout. It's a public golf course. Anybody can go and play it. Uh, it's open to all. And quite literally, you know, on a Sunday, on a Sunday, the course is closed to the to golfers and the golf course becomes a public park. On a Sunday afternoon, you see people walking around with their dogs, their kids out playing, all sorts of things. And then it's a what other legendary sporting venue could you do that you can't go and walk on Wembley Stadium or anything like that no it's Milk or Wimbledon you know the old course is very unique that way so the, the experience of playing that golf course never gets old and it's a, a layout that you you kind of learn more of each time you play it yeah but it's just the, the the feeling that you get from playing that golf course is just extraordinary and I hope it's something that you have a chance to tick off at some point I can't yeah, wait. So uh, that's something that will happen for you in the future. And it's one you know, I've had a chance to play that course with a lot of people who have played it for the first time and to see it through their eyes for the first time is yeah. quite wonderful. And you know, through the old course, I've been able to play golf with people from every continent on the earth. Uh, and it's still wonderful kind of international beacon where it's a small town on the east of Scotland, which is essentially it draws in the world around them. And yeah. you can walk through the, the streets of St Andrews and you hear every possible accent and language. It's just a, a wonderful thing. Obviously, the university here too, so very much an international contingent, very cosmopolitan, but a wonderful place and a, a wonderful golf course. And they're all great, all the courses here, all seven of them are all worth playing, but the old course just has that little extra ingredient. 
But Rob, moving on now to the, I touched on earlier, the top 50 reviewed golf yep. courses in the UK. And as Golf Shake members will be aware that when you track a, a, a round on Golf Shake, you have the opportunity to leave a review for the golf course that you've played. And you can judge it through a variety of criteria, some value for money, the course layout, uh, the condition of the golf course, all sorts of things of hospitality from the golf club. You can rate it in a variety of categories and give it an overall rating. And those who follow the Golf Shake uh, social media accounts and also the website will be aware that we have been publishing an awful lot of these uh, lists, these ranking lists from these uh, course ratings from this year across the different regions. But we've also done now a national list. We have a top 50 overall rating uh, on Golf Shake for this year. As I said earlier, there's a variety of interesting places. Just running through kind of the top few we have, we have Archerfield Links in East Lothian in Scotland. We have Knott's Golf Club at Hollandwell, very highly regarded course in the Midlands. We have Sandaway Golf Club, Hillside, Enville, which is very popular. The Berkshire Royal Burkdale, Formby, St George's Hill, Hadley Wood, Burwood Lakes, Dunbar Golf Club. So a variety of places, St Enodoc and Cornwall as well. So the top 50 is here. You can go and check that out on Golf Shake and see how many of those courses you've played in the past. Maybe even a course you might think, well, should be there or shouldn't be there. Go and leave a review. There's hundreds of thousands of Golf Shake independent ratings and reviews. That are, it's a wonderful resource. So, and Rob, just talking to you before the podcast, you mentioned that looking through that top 50, yeah. you've played three of them, or three of the venues that are featured on that list. You've played Sheringham Golf Club in Norfolk, you've played The Grove in Hertfordshire, and of course, a venue that's very near you at Woburn, which of course has three wonderful golf courses there. So, Rob, give us a quick overview of all of those three venues and what your experiences were when you played there. Yeah, so I'll, I'll start with Sheringham, really, because um, I just mm. I was blown away by how pretty it was. I really, it's one of the courses that when people ask me what's the what nicest golf course you played, Sheringham is well up there. Um, the I can't remember the time of year we played was, I believe it was late spring. Um, and we actually went for a weekend and we actually played Sheringham, we played Hunstanton, we played um, Royal uh, Brancaster, Royal West Norfolk, and also Kings Lynn all at the same time. Mm-hmm. But Sheringham the one, was the one for me. Uh, just the, 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 the golf course, um, the views, obviously it's link style, so it's, it's on the sea. But the one thing that stood out for me was the gorse, was from the elevated tees, you could just see the yellow gorse it was obviously in flower um but it was just you know you had the the steam train going alongside the golf course um and the condition was fantastic it was very good value for money we played 36 (laughs) holes and i think it was about 80 quid for 36 holes um you know the clubhouse was really it's kind of got that historic feel um it was just everything about it it was my favorite course in norfolk when we played there so i would I mm-hmm. fully understand why it's in the top 50 because I would imagine that most people that play there would rate it quite highly. Um, the other one was the Grove. Um, I was lucky enough to play the Grove yeah. the year before the British Masters. So that would be a good three or four years ago now. Um, I thought it was okay. I, it it didn't blow me away massively. Um, I know it's very expensive to play there. Um, I didn't. I, I was lucky to get on through a friend. I think we paid thirty-five mm-hmm. quid. Um, I think it's normally around two hundred. I'm, I'm not one hundred percent certain, but it's in that fee. It's a good layout. There's some really good golf holes on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was okay. I, it, it didn't blow me away. 
but I can probably understand why it's in the top 50 um, for, for people that review it because it, mm-hmm. it's one of those courses that has held uh, professional yeah. tournaments. I think it's held a WGC as well, hasn't it? It's obviously now held the British Masters as well. So it's one of those places mm-hmm. where um, people yeah. Yeah. are familiar with it. Um, so I can see why people would play it. And then um, on to Woburn, the lovely Woburn. I think, I mean, if I could afford it, I would join Woburn tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, it is expensive, but you've got three championship golf courses, amazing facilities. Um, I think last year, the Tavistock, Tavistock short game area mm-hmm. opened. It is just unbelievable. You can just spend hours and hours and hours there. Um, but it's just so... I don't know if it's the only place that's got three championship venues on the same, apart from obviously um, St. Andrews. I think in, in England, is it the only place that's got three championship courses? Has to be up. Yes. So, so the Marquis is the, the, the kind of tour, yes. the tour course. And then the Dukes is um, where the, they have had the British Masters there. So that's where Justin mm-hmm. Rose won the British Masters when him and Ian Porter went head to head. Um, two good friends. And obviously Ian Porter was the touring professional out of Wobin. Um And mainly the seniors event is on the Duke's course now. Um, when the British Masters was there, it was on the Marquis course. And then you have the Duchess as well, which is really underrated. It's slightly shorter, but it's very, very tight. It's very tree-lined. Um, the Duke's is a bit, bit wider but tree lined and the Marquis is not open but um you can certainly hit driver a lot more but it is just it, the, the seventh hole at Woburn on the Marquis course is my favorite hole in the whole of golf that I've played so far uh-huh wow it's well there you go so I think the people listening to this I think Rob is, is putting his first he's putting his air uh, looking for a discounted membership at Woburn I think after that uh, <laughs> endorsement right there it's um I would I mean I, I have friends that are members so I, I do play it quite frequently um i haven't played it this year actually so mm. but i would if someone's if someone phones me and says do you want to go and play away but just say yes definitely definitely i don't know is the is it is a top 50 in order in the article it it is but i haven't it's it, it, it's not numbered so i don't know which ranking it's at but it's not numbered it's not numbered it? Yeah, no, but I mean, Woburn definitely is is is, is something else as well. And obviously, um, recently they've kind of refurbished the whole clubhouse. It's just it's if you get the you know if anyone listening gets the opportunity to go and play Woburn any of the courses, then definitely go. Oh, and definitely. Play it. And just to kind of reiterate 100%. what you say there, Rob, it's looking at the Golf Shake ranking right now. So we have overall, not just this year, but overall, we have two hundred and thirty-five ratings uh, for Woburn. A rating of 4.5 out of 5, that is an average number. And 100% of those people would recommend the golf course or want to play it again. So what you just said there, yeah. uh, absolutely spot on. And likewise, of sharing them, 100% of people who have played there and reviewed on Golf Shake, they want to go back or recommend to somebody else because they, I've seen, I haven't been there, but I have seen the pictures of it and it is visually spectacular right on the coastline yeah. there. It looks great. And Woburn obviously is more familiar with us in terms of TV and through the years and you know the reputation of it, but it's uh, it lives up to that quite clearly. Um, 
So yeah, do, do check that out on, on Golf Street, the top 50. I mean, there's so many there across the UK. We have Ennefin in Wales is there too. We have several in Scotland. We have it's Andrew's links, unsurprisingly, is on there as well. Uh, and it's a wonderful resource there. Again, place to go and look at. Perhaps maybe you've played this year, played in the past, but also if you're planning your kind of golf season for 2019, want to pick out two or three courses you want to go and play then maybe this is a place to go and, and check out and Rob I said earlier he wants to go and play some more courses this year and next year so maybe this is a place for him to go and start after this or just go and play Woburn again Robbie <laughs> I think it is yeah, start at Woburn. I think yeah I'll start at Woburn I think the thing is as well that's really that's really kind of relevant for the people that are listening and Golf Shape members is this isn't just people going to play it and reviewing yeah. it and putting it as number one, as number two, as number three. This is, as you say, thousands and thousands and thousands of people, mm-hmm. normal golfers that have gone to play it and given it those ratings, which is kind of a lot more relevant than someone being maybe paid to go and yeah. review a golf course and say how good it is. Because I've played a couple of golf courses that should not be anywhere near the top 10 of the, the of England. And I won't mention them, but there's a couple. Oh, you see, oh, I'm, I'm so tempted. To, I'm tempted to ask you now. I love a bit of controversy. Come on, Rob. Drum, you just, you, this, this, this is a, this is a, no one listens to this. Come on, just tell us. What are these courses? Oh, Am I allowed to on. say? Okay. I will tell you if you want. So I think that Woodall Spa is massively overrated. Controversial. Controversial. <laughs> there we go. I'll never be allowed so back he's on. Banned. He's banned. banned. We're all banned from there forever. That's it. <laughs> I think it's a really good golf course I, and I enjoyed playing it. Yeah. However, it is not the fourth best course in England. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I think part of the problem is when it comes to these rankings that you see generally in magazines or on websites is when they say this is the fourth best course, you go in there with really high expectations. Yeah. And if something doesn't quite reach that level and you think it, it feels disappointing, whereas if you knew very little about it beforehand, you'd probably think it was great, but because you had that idea that this is going to be one of the best courses in the country, and then you compare it to the courses that maybe you've played before, yeah. you think, well, maybe it wasn't that much better than what they no. were. So it is, I think it is, it is to do with expectations, I think, as much as anything else. And we often see that with uh, with golfers when they go to play a, a well-known venue or a highly regarded one. It's, it, their expectations are perhaps yeah. aren't quite met, and that's something that, it's actually when it comes to the golf shake uh, rankings in particular. That's it's, it's again, like you say, it is designed for the regular golfer, so it kind of meets what they want yeah. in terms of value for money and what they want to get out of it. And the golf courses are rated very highly on that perspective. But uh, Woodhole Spa, there you go. That's it. So you're buried forever there. Oh, shocking stuff. So, yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. His first appearance on the Golf Shake podcast, and he has to, he has to, he has to. Put down one of the country's most revered venues. Eh? Wow, astonishing stuff. So there we are. Well, you keep it coming because don't, don't worry. I've I've probably offended everybody at some point on this show. So over, over the past year and a half, so you can. You'll, you'll, I'm you'll not. The thing is, it's um yeah. as a venue, it's actually really good. You know, it's got two good golf courses. It's it's a lovely little town. It's obviously the home of England golf, and it does have that kind of historic mm-hmm. feel to it. I just felt that's personally how I felt playing a golf course, and I've played some good golf courses, and I just felt that it it didn't feel like it was that good. 
Oh well, there we go. I think that's probably fair enough. We'll, 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 yeah, we'll say that's okay. I think you've just about salvaged your reputation there. Right? Saved it. Yeah, you've saved it. About you've saved our, you've saved all of us right there. But you mentioned there are obviously two golf courses being at Woodhall Spa, and that is a lovely, not even planned segue into what I'm going to talk about now into <sighs> venues in the in England that have, and also the UK generally that have two courses and accommodation and yeah. of course Rob you had that experience recently of going to Bread Salt Priory and what I would quickly say to anybody listening to this right now is if you want to go and find a place that has two golf courses or even more and accommodation a perfect break short weekend away or whatever else good you know good break with your friends like a golf society sort of thing you can find those on the Golf Shake interactive uh, course search map where you can go on there look for a particular part of the country and and have search criteria and look up for number of holes, the accommodation, and all kinds of stuff. And you can really kind of narrow it down and find where these venues actually are. But one of them is indeed Bread Salt Priory, which Rob reviewed uh, quite well, I would say, on Golf Shake. Uh, reviewed two golf courses there, and uh, he's going to talk a little bit about them now. So, Rob, how was your experience recently at Bread Salt Priory? It was really, really good. Um, Apparently, we'd been there before, sort of 10, 12 years ago, but I don't really remember it too much, um, the standard kind of weekend away, I think. I don't know how much golf was played. But <laughs> the haze. The haze, <laughs> the haze. But it's um, it, it's kind of, it was way better than I was expecting, if I'm honest. Um, but mm. then it, it, it is a Marriott, so you kind of, you know, it has the, the sort of standard you would expect. Um, and it certainly had that feel. I mean, the, the hotel was really good um there's plenty there um but the 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 golf courses themselves it's kind of i don't know if it's unique but you do have two courses one is is advertised as the championship course which is the priory course and then you have the other course which is the moorland course but what struck me the most was they're so different yet they're they're right next door to each other so you know you've got the, the the priory course which is kind of parkland uh and and kind of Undu- real undulating fairways that was the, the standout thing i think i put on the review that local knowledge is key there's quite a lot of um blind tee shots where the fairway slopes kind of over the hill um but that leads to some really incredible views of of the golf course and of the surrounding area as well um and then so that's that's kind of the championship course and then you've got the moorland course which mm-hmm. is kind of a bit more open and a bit more sort of i don't know linksy um and and certainly much flatter and really there's a few elevated tees um again lots of views of derbyshire but it's really it just feels totally different um but yeah, I mean, it was it was really good. Um, we were well looked after. Um, it, it's got two, obviously, two golf courses. The practice facilities are really good. The short game area and the hotel itself has got kind of a spa. So if you were going away, not just with a group of mates, you could go away with wife, partner, you know, even kids as well. It's kind of, it's one of those places that ticked all the boxes for me. Um the thing, the, the thing was that the local knowledge thing was, yeah, that's mm-hmm. key. They're both fairly short golf courses, so they don't really call for – they're not really a golf course that I would enjoy an awful lot of the time because they're kind of feel your way around. Um, quite the, the priority particularly was irons off the tees, you know, pick your spot, 
then play into the green. It wasn't really just get your driver out and give it a smash. The Mordant was a little bit more like that, where there was quite a few holes where you could maybe go for the green if you wanted to. But it, neither course demanded length. Um, but saying that, there was a couple of holes that if you were long, you could get on quite a lot of the par fives in two. Um, but it was just it was just a really... I went with my dad. He loved it. Um, and we've, we've booked to go back in April. So there's a group of us that are going. Um, and it was done by another one of the lads in the group. So we've, we're going back just because you've got everything there. You've got a really ah. good bar. You've got a restaurant. There's a kind of new... Um, I think they've branded it as like the Iron Bar and Grill, where it's different to the restaurants. You can go in and just kind of eat after your round. It kind of caters for everything. Um, so yeah, I mean, we came back, so it must have been good. Um, but we just really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, it was good. Yeah, it, sound, it sounds like it, and uh, your review certainly expressed that. And actually, overall, just tapping into the Golf Shake page, you know, we have 337 ratings from Golf Shake members, and 96% of them would, would play again and recommend it with an average rating of 4.44 yeah. out of 5. Highly recommended. So, yeah, it's a very popular venue. And like you say, tapping into that, yeah, two courses, stay and play sort of thing. You know, societies are accepted are accepted to play at Bretzel Priory. There are society deals and vouchers available. Um, so it is very welcoming to – it's a bargain, yeah. So It is a bargain. Mm-hmm. It is a it is a total bargain. So I know Golf Breaks do it, yeah. and I know you can book direct with Bretzel as well. And it's I think we've paid £105 per person wow. the two nights dinner bed and breakfast that's smashing and um you know and actually you mentioned you know deals deals like that and if you check out the golf shake uh, travel section of the golf shake top 10 where there's an awful lot of travel deals there yeah. and venues like bread priory regularly appear on this in fact they may actually be on there and at the moment i'm not quite sure if that's new, new deals actually just on there at the moment but um but yeah, it's very popular. And actually, a lot of these venues exist around the UK. And uh, we hear, obviously, in, on past podcasts, we talked a little bit about, if, if Matt Holbrook was on that time, we talked a little bit about Ryder Cup venues, like the Belfry, like Celtic Manor, or the K-Club, yeah. or Glen Eagles, which are obviously, they're all great venues. They're all spectacular hotels, with, you know, very famous golf courses, but they're all kind of at another level. You know, they can, there are some good deals available, but there are, they have they are generally more expensive and they also they're, they're very well known but there is that kind of next level you'll like bread so prior which might not have the same name recognition of the belfry or something like that but sure. in terms of what what it delivers you get value for money and you get a wonderful experience and you look at other places around the country where you have the likes of uh, east sussex national or hoxton park or the oxfordshire or belton woods and these are all places around england that do offer you know two courses at least you know accommodation and great you know stay and play packages and actually on yeah. golf shake right now rob we have a feature written by a golf shake writer joe hughes about eight of the best stay and play venues okay. towards the south of england so we have the likes of st melian resort bramshaw golf club goodwood and we also have east sussex as i mentioned there dale hill hotel brockett hall yeah. tracy park thornbury golf center and those places might not have the same name recognition but i think judging what you said there about bread as you would say that look for the look for the deals because in terms of value you know these these places can offer a, a wonderful experience can't they yeah definitely i think um you, you kind of touched on it before with you were saying about kind of uh the brother and the celtic manor those kind of places but you know i've i've stayed at the, the belfry two or three times and i don't know how much you pay for the name 
to be honest. I think the the facilities there are obviously good. The Ryder Cup has been there, so mm-hmm. people do want to play there. Um, and I'm not saying yeah. that you know Redsaw is the same as that um, because you know you you're not going to have it, it hasn't got that name. It hasn't got that history of the Ryder Cup, but for value for money, I think, like you say, those venues are next level up, probably another £100 per person. So there are some definite mm-hmm. deals to be had out there. And Bredsel was definitely... The other thing as well is it's 80% of the um, of England are within two hours of Bredsel. So it sits in Derbyshire. It's wow. quite a lot of... Uh, quite a lot of yeah. the, uh, the population but i haven't played celtic manor so I, I can't really comment i know matt's played quite a few of the Ryder cup venues so um but you know that, but that's just matt for you he ticks them all off um but yes he plays <laughs> for, for, you know for a guy who appears to work full time that guy plays an awful lot of golf it's quite amazing i'm not sure i think he's his, his office he has a roaming office i think it goes with him to the golf course that's about it he must always be on his does, phone yeah. but, um, remarkable guy but yes he plays an awful lot of golf and uh, plays so many of these great venues and apparently he's going to go and play the golf national next year so there you go so he's, he's ticking them all off so yeah, he, he is he a Ryder Cup man, but I think you're right there, Rob, in terms of the that next tier. That's a good place to look at. In terms of Bredsall, obviously, you're very accessible, being right in the that centrepiece in, in the heart of England there, in yeah, terms definitely. of being so within close proximity of it, so much of the population. So, yeah, worth checking out, everybody who's listening to this right now. And again, all these venues are, you know, you can, you can check them out on Golf Shake and search for them and uh, see what golfer, regular golfers like Rob think about them and what their experiences are. It's a very useful tool there, but also um, look out for the deals as well. But Rob, moving on from the the resorts and the courses, which I think have given everybody a really good sort of idea about maybe places to go and play next year or maybe even towards the end of this year, some good ideas there. But also, when we get towards this time of year, Rob, and you're a keen golfer and obviously all the golf league ambassadors are, but obviously we're late October, November's very close, the clocks are going to turn back, You know, the nights are drawing in, the yeah. idea of post-work golf is pretty much over, unless you're Matt Holbrook and go and play during the day, but that's besides the point. <laughs> but uh, for most near mortals, you know, the evening golf is finished. So yeah. you know, in terms of your game, in terms of your experiences through the years, you know, do you play much golf in the winter? How do you keep your game ticking over during the winter months? Yeah, I think, um, I think, you have two types of golfer. One is play in any weather, and one is the other one is stick your clubs in the garage until March. Um, and I think, and I think as well, golf membership drives that as well. So if you're a member of a golf club, you've paid your fees, so you're going to continue to play, or the majority of members would continue to play. Um, and if you aren't a member of a golf club and the weather looks a bit rubbish, you probably give it a miss. Um, I have been a member of a golf club for, I think, consecutively now about 11 years. I play every winter, mm-hmm. all, all, all the way through. Um, once a week, uh, either a Saturday or a Sunday, I will play, sometimes both. Um, and then during the, um, mm-hmm. during the winter, we hit the range once a week. So every Thursday, me and my dad, during the summer, we play nine holes after work. And then during winter, we go to the driving range. Mm-hmm. Um, so we still can still continue to play. Um, but competition-wise, the club, um, I think we finish in at the end of October. And then we just have our winter league. 
um, which is actually this Sunday. But the first mm-hmm. Winter League was rained off. <laughs> so it wasn't a fantastic start, which was two weeks ago. Um, but I think, yeah, it's it's to keep things ticking over, I think oh, some dear. people like a break. Uh, I mean, I... For me, I, lo- I love golf so much that I don't think I could have more than a kind of week off, even during the winter. And the weather has to be pretty horrific for me not to play. You know, you've got waterproofs. Mm. You're only going to get you're only you're only going to get wet. So that that's how I look at it. Well, um, but over the years, it's kind of experience-wise. Yeah. You know, I've got a, I've got a trolley, I've got an umbrella uh, holder. You know, good waterproofs. You know, good good clothing. You know, that kind of thing. It it, it it makes it a lot easier because a lot of guys don't. They just kind of turn up and play, and, and that's fine. But if you're if you want to play mm-hmm. during the winter, it's important to be kind of set up for the winter. I would say. Yes, I think that's a really good point. And in terms of the obviously having the right apparel and the right gear, yeah. and um, uh, yeah, I think having that is important. And um, I must say, from my personal perspective, through the years, I, I've I've kind of I haven't played too much uh, during the winter because. It, I used to live in a city called Perth in the central Scotland, and um, there the golf course I played at was rather uniquely uh, King James's Sit Golf Club. It's actually set on an island in the middle of a river, and consequently, part of the golf course is actually really? below sea level. So in the winter time, with heavier rain, <laughs> heavier rain and whatnot, half the golf course is flooded. So it was a nightmare to go and play it. So ever since living in St Andrews, I have to have the, the links courses here, where which, you know, which in the yeah, end sure. can be played all throughout the the winter time, and they're they're perfect for that. But even then, I haven't played too much because um, I maybe I'm in the wrong country, but. I'm I'm a fair I'm a, I'm a fair weather golfer. I live in Scotland. So. You're under that label. Yes, yeah. I am under that label. I'm, I'm officially under that label. But um, I must say, I did have a chance to play the old course at the start of last year on the third of January, and I must say it was incredible because it was a wonderful winter's day. It was uh, you know it was cool, but it was it was sunny, wrapped up warm, went out and played, and it was like it was a dream. And uh, yeah. in the end, this shows you the importance of actually having the right gear and being warm. And if you do that. You can get an awful lot of playing in the winter, definitely. And uh, I think also, yeah, and also Rob as well. You must be able to. You know, you'll have friends and so on who perhaps don't play as often in the winter, and when they come back in March, and I've done this myself through the years, where I come back in March or April, and it's like yeah. I've never touched a golf club before. I mean, it's it's like you know, it it, rea- it, it rea- it's allergic yeah. to my hands. My, my my hands sort of can you know they can't work. So. But you must see it as well, where compared to yourself, people who have taken a break over the winter, you know, their game must suffer in the spring. I think it must. I, I mean, stat-wise, I don't know. But I think the whole thing about golf is basically the more you practice, the better you get. Yeah. That you know that that kind of it. So if you stop doing something for six months or, or three months or four months and then go back to it, it's going to take you a little while to get back into it. I mean, after after a couple of weeks off, it takes me a while to even kind of feel like you know feel a bit rusty so if you're having that amount of time off then yeah I, I think it must impact you'll probably start the season slower I will certainly think that people that play throughout the winter have got more of an advantage when the season starts definitely yeah yeah I think so and you know I've often found the case where I end up you know missing missing the winter coming back in March you know not able to hold a golf club then by the end of the season I'm back at it but then it's winter again oh no and the cycle repeats itself year and year and year but I also have a break but um yeah I, I say I'm someone who 
I'm I, I'm less I'm not one of you golf fanatics who go out there trying to play all the time and try and improve your scores and improve your game, which of course I personally would encourage you all to do so on the golf sheet score tracker and so on in the handicap system. But I personally am very much more of a social golfer these days where I just go out and enjoy the company, enjoy the experience. And yep. uh, I am I am spoiled, you know, living where I do and having the courses I have at, the, at my doorstep. And I know some people would be out playing all the time. And in fact, I know some people actually do that all the time. And I wonder how they can do it. They all seem to find their way to play the old course like every second day, every single every single week. And well, um, that would be just amazing. People, <laughs> I'm just so jealous now. <laughs> and, well, I know. I don't, I don't know how to get through the ballot to do it every time, but they must have some contacts. But they do find a way of getting through there. And they're actually Golf Shake members. I shan't mention their names, but they, they know who they are. But they are Golf Shake members. When uh, we do see their <laughs> they track scores all the time. It's like, how did you play the old course like 150 times this year? How is that possible? But there we are. Wow. So very lucky people. But yeah, so I think in the end... It, Obviously, weather dependent. We had a very rough winter last year, and actually, that really spread into the spring. Yeah. So, actually, you look at the start of this golf season we've just had, Rob. Where obviously we had, we had a great summer. It was very dry and hot across the UK, certainly in Scotland. I mean, it was the driest winter uh, summer I've ever had in Scotland, and it was wonderful. But uh, in the winter and into early spring, it was really yeah. rough. So, golfers who perhaps maybe didn't start didn't play over the winter their seasons were almost put back until until may practically because so, of the yeah. weather so i suppose a, me- a message would be is if you can actually go out and play in november january december whatever the weather's good the course is decent go out and play because when you get towards the spring these days you never know yeah. what you're going to be faced with so i suppose the idea would be to keep you know keep playing more and play better so and that's Rob, the I'm thing not- i think when you when you said about you, yeah. you played the, uh, the old course on the 3rd of January and you wrapped up warm. There's some there's some lovely golf to be played in the winter. As long as you're, you know, get your bobble hat on, base layer on, couple of jump, you know, the the, 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 the apparel out there now is just so good compared to how it used to be. It doesn't, no one likes wearing big clunky jumpers, but, you know, you can get some really good stuff and some of the best golf can be had in the winter. Honestly, it's like you say, you know, a little bit cold. It doesn't really, doesn't really put you off too much. Mm-hmm. No, no, I think, I think it's very true. And um, and actually, moving on to something a little bit incidental, but kind of extending on this particular point is, you mentioned obviously you play once a week roughly in the winter, you go to the range one night a week. But you also, Rob, and this is, I've been told this, <laughs> and uh, you have uh, rather uniquely, and uh, you know, it's, it's almost like being a millionaire. This is, this is the kind of thing that millionaire celebrity golfers do, but you have one too. You have, a, you have a putting green in your garden. How is this possible? Tell me about it. What's going on there? Um, I have a very understanding wife. Clearly. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things that we, we were going to get. I mean, it's not a massive garden. <laughs> Let's put it right. It's not, I'm not Gareth Bale with, you know, three holes from famous <laughs> golf courses in my back garden. You know, it's, it's kind of, you know, 20 foot long and about, you know, six foot wide or eight foot wide, something like that. Um, but we were getting the garden done, and uh, we we're going to get astroturf because we live in a new, uh, a new estate, and obviously the the lawn is terrible and it gets really muddy and that sort of long story short. So, and then I said, well, the guy came out and said, blah blah blah, and I said, well, what about if I had a putting green? You know, and I just kind of jokingly asked the question, and um, he's like, oh yeah, yeah. He said, and I said, oh, we'll, we'll get it in a little kidney shape, and I'll have longer astroturf around it, and do a bit of chipping. It was kind of just a bit of a not a joke, but a bit of a kind of you know, bit of a sort of pushing it. And um, the quote came in, and it wasn't actually too much more. 
And then, so I spoke to her and she was like, well, yeah. And because my little boy plays, so he's nine years old. And obviously I sold it to her that, you know, he would be out for hours and hours and hours on end. Um, and yeah, we've had it done and I've had it, I've had it in for about 18 months now. And it is just so good. I mean, it's the, it's, it's I won't in the say top the best 10, thing, but it's, top 10 it, best it's amazing because I, I love, <laughs> it's in the top two, but I think hmm. I love putting as well, which is, which is key um and i just spend hours and hours out there uh you know various drills just just even going out and putting and the fact that i can chip as well um just it's just such a good facility to have in your back garden when you love golf it's it's perfect so yeah the thing is though the evenings are a little bit dark now but there is a plan and i'm getting a floodlight in the back garden so i can practice Oh dear! In the You'll dark, be out all night. That's it. So, yeah. it. This will be the the beginning of a of a crisis in your marriage. I think you'll be out all night, every night, putting away. Three in the morning. What's that noise out there? Oh, don't worry. It's just Robert putting again. My goodness! Eh? It, it could not, happen. It I could it definitely happen. happen. I think that's going to be the subject of a future podcast. Uh, the golf shake marriage <laughs> counselling thing. I think that's going to be the future. But, uh, but there we are. So if you thought that, you know, actually, the question is, Rob, you've had this for about eighteen months now. You said there has your putting improved in that time definitely 100 percent. but i would i would class myself as fairly good short range putter anyway um but it just Mm -hmm. it's one of those things that if you've got a kind of eight foot part anywhere on a golf course anywhere i just think well i've held hundreds of these so it's it's more about confidence i think um but i would say that i'm a lot more confident over short range parts so yeah, and obviously I get to the, the putting stroke is practiced all the time, and it's outside rather than you know in your in your living room on a carpet. It's kind of you know representative of you being outside on a golf course. Obviously, it's not real grass, but um, it kind of gives you that feel. So yeah, I mean, I think it has, um, but I'm definitely more confident, and, and I'd take that with putting because a lot of it is confidence. No, oh, it certainly certainly is. But um, I must quickly give a shout out to the rank and file golfers who do like to have a putt in their hallway or in the living room where they understand the left to right break on that carpet. They've mastered it. So for anyone listening who lives in a high rise flat, just ignore what Rob said there. Stick to the carpet. You'll Any be form of putting practice is yeah. good. Any form of putting there practice you go. is good. Any and form, anywhere. So yeah, there you are. Anywhere. Well, there you go. You could, you know, concrete floors, yep. you know, t- bathrooms, anywhere. anywhere. That's it. Eh, why not? <laughs> to be fair, some of the greens that you might face exactly. could be similar to that. So it's probably not a bad idea to go and practice in some uh, rough terrain. But there you go. If you, if you thought Rob was a, a mad golfer before, now you realise that he's he's certifiably insane having that in his, his garden. But there we are. In the same way, I do. I, I am, even though I'm kind of joking about it, I am in a weird way very envious of that. I think that's a wonderful thing. Um, so there you are. That's remarkable stuff. And it just shows you that's the sort of commitment you need to be a Golf Shake ambassador. <laughs> that and a lot of free time too. Yes. And being willing to listen to me for an hour on a podcast. But anyway, I think, Rob, we've we've, we've, we've had a great discussion here. We went through so many different topics. The time has just ran away from us entirely. Obviously, we're getting towards, I say, the the season is coming to an end. But as we've touched on there, whether it be on your winter golf course, whether it be on your practice putting green at home or on your living room carpet, the golf 
doesn't need to stop with the winter. It can continue throughout the months ahead and it can be very rewarding. And if you're doing so, we would always encourage you to go and use the Golf Sheet Score Tracker and Handicap System. Keep tracking your scores and your stats. It has proven benefits to your game. Also, go and look at the Golf Sheet Tuition section where we have so much tips and videos and content about all kinds of aspects about your game. Great advice there. Some of it actually winter-focused ideal if you're trying to work in aspects of your game on the driving range or on the golf course over the winter season and uh, again when it comes to the golf courses here as we've discussed on the podcast today with the the venues and the top 50 go and check those out and again look at the golf shake uh, course search to find all the reviews and again find golf courses and venues that are fitting a particular criteria so you get exactly what you want and certainly as we'll touch on again there you know, Rob had his big recommendation there for bread salt priory so if you're looking for a nice uh, little quick breakaway with two golf courses there two great golf courses a nice accommodation and hotel and so on food and whatnot and a great bar then that is a place to go to for great value so Rob thank you for joining me on the Golf Sheet podcast how was your how was the experience then was it painful did you how, how was it for you it was good for me. How was it for you? Yeah, no, it's yeah. been. It was good. Yeah, it's good to uh, good to to be involved again. Well, again, I say again, but involved with something new is good. Yeah, really good. I hope you'll have me back, and maybe. Uh, we can, well, as about, as about to say, we will have you back, providing we're not recording from Woodhall Spa because you will not <laughs> go on the property there. But uh, I have to quickly say that Woodhall Spa is highly recommended on Golf Shake. So if you want, so there you go. Rob is in the minority, so don't listen to him. Listen to the math. Listen to the people, the public. They know best. Listen to the math. Yeah, listen to exactly. Listen to the punters. They know the best. They know best. Anyway, Rob. Thank you. And everybody, thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Golf Shake Podcast. We'll be back very soon with our next episode. If you're out playing golf, we hope you play well and play better. And as always, thank you for listening. My name is Kieran Clark, alongside Golf Shake Ambassador Rob Cross. Until next time, thank you for listening.